and welcome back to another episode of Emotions and Potions, a love slash hate letter to with your lovely hosts, Ashton and Alex. Welcome back, where today we are covering a pretty big author. Someone yes. who has a lot of hype. A lot of hype. Very popular. Mm-hmm. I have thoughts on that. Same. <laughs> but Alex, can you... Tell us what book we will be covering today. We are going to be covering the psychological thriller with a touch of romance book, Verity by Miss Colleen Hoover. Ooh. The Coho herself. The Coho? Yeah. What's that? It's like a thing that people call her on like TikTok and like her followers are like the Cohos or the Cohorts. Oh, because Colleen Hoover. Oh, okay. I was like, what? But okay. And I, you know, fucking book talk. I get inundated with these Dang videos. Terms. Of, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, we are picking up a Colleen Hoover book. We have some thoughts. We have some opinions. We have some feelings. And we are going to discuss all of that in the next hour or so. Yeah. <laughs> so, Alex, do you want to tell us what some of the trigger and content warnings are for Verity? Yes, because um, Colleen Hoover does not believe in providing trigger warnings. So, and with this book, I really think they're necessary. So what are some of the things that we are going to come across in Verity? We have death of a child, child abuse, attempted abortion, postpartum depression, death of a parent, mentions of cancer, manipulation, murder, car accident, and cheating. Love it. That's a lot for someone who doesn't incorporate content or trigger warnings. Yeah. All right. So for those who don't know about the best-selling author and best-selling book, Verity, Ashton, give us that, you know, synopsis. All right. Lowen Ashley is a struggling writer on the brink of financial ruin when she accepts the job offer of a lifetime. Jeremy Crawford, husband of best-selling author Verity Crawford, has hired Lowen to complete the remaining book or remaining books in a successful series his injured wife is unable to finish. Lowen arrives at the Crawford home, ready to sort through years of Verity notes and outlines, hoping to find enough material to get her started. What Lowen doesn't expect to uncover in the chaotic office is an unfinished autobiography Verity never intended for anyone to read. Page after page of bone-chilling admissions, including Verity's recollection of the night her family was forever altered. Lowen decides to keep the manuscript hidden from Jeremy, knowing its contents could devastate the already grieving father. But as Lowen's feelings for Jeremy begin to intensify, she recognizes all the ways she could benefit if he were to read his wife's words. After all, no matter how devoted Jeremy is to his injured wife, a truth this horrifying would make it impossible for him to continue loving her. Dun dun. Duh. <laughs> so yeah, I mean... As far as the synopsis goes... That's not bad. No, I mean, it does kind of hint at some of the... That there's like a mystery. Yeah, definitely like a psychological type of thriller. Mm -hmm. Mystery, lots of moving parts. Yeah. But it doesn't give anything really away. You don't no. really know. Based on that, I would not have expected what I read. No, not all of it. Yeah. Especially how the book starts out. Oh, I know. Oh my God. Jesus. Alrighty. I guess it's time for our potion. For this episode? Yeah. Oh gosh, what are we doing? What are you making me drink today? <laughs> We're having a shot today. <laughs> oh, okay. What kind of shot is this? All right. So this is not something of like my own concoction. This is a drink a, that's already like out there. an established shot you can order at a bar. Do I recommend doing that? Probably not so much unless you're looking to have a very interesting evening because this is a mind eraser. Okay. And what is in a mind eraser? A mind eraser is coffee liqueur. Vodka and Sprite. 
or club soda. Okay. And it's equal parts of all three of those things, and it's supposed to be layered. I got shaky hands, so it didn't really layer correctly, but, you know, it'll do the trick. And so what made you choose this potion for this book specifically? Because I wish I could erase my mind. (laughs) 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 All right. Fair enough. Also, I, I feel like Mind Eraser with, like, some of the plot pieces within this book also kind of... Tie in. Tie in a bit. Okay. Well, let's take this freaking shot. <laughs> oh, yeah. And with the shot, you're supposed to drink it through a straw. So, like, you're supposed to do, like, each layer kind of, like, at a time. Oh, God. I hate shots. All right. Well, thankfully, I did, you know, chill it for us. And we got the extra Sprite for... Also, I just want to mention the shot glasses that you chose. It says, love kills slowly. And it has a skull and some hearts and very, like, um... It's the Ed Hardy Okay. Okay. Like traditional. It looks like yeah. a traditional tattoo piece. <laughs> and it is an Ed Hardy shot glass, like off of okay. the Ed Hardy tattoo designs. Okay. That makes sense. But I just also thought the love kills slowly kind of also ties in well with this yeah. book. Yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to mention it because I thought that was very clever of you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Bottoms up, girly. Bottoms up. Oh, God. Okay. I can understand why people get blacked out drinking that because it's that was actually really good. Yeah. It's not bad. It's kind of weird that they mm. all go together. In a yeah, strange it's, it's a way. Weird, it's a weird combination that you wouldn't think meshes, but it actually does taste really yeah. good. Oh, you want to know the funny thing about how I learned about Mind Erasers? What? Or how? My old boss used to order these and told us about them. Oh, okay. And I was like, the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and then had one. I was like, oh. Oh, makes sense now. <laughs> it makes sense. All right. Well, Alex, I actually like that shot. I wouldn't mind having another one. So I call that a win. Hey. Hey. All right. Are we ready just to get this over with? <laughs> oh, oh, my. I don't. I, I, yeah. Yeah. Struggling and grieving from the recent loss of her mother, author Lowen Ashley is on her way to a meeting with a large publishing house in New York City when she witnesses a pedestrian get killed by a truck. And, like, to the point where his brain explodes. It was. It was a lot to open up with. Yeah. And it, like, Colleen Hoover really wrote a lot about that from Lowen's POV, from seeing someone's skull get literally run over, and she is, like, splashed with... Mm -hmm. Lots of graphic imagery. And I was just really taken aback coming out of the gate. Right? (laughs) I was like, holy shit! Coming in hot. The accident leaves her a bloody mess, and a strange but handsome man takes her to a nearby coffee shop to get cleaned up, And he gives her the shirt off his back, literally. They wind up having a bit of an instant connection and bond over being sad people. Lowen still winds up making it to her meeting on time as her agent and ex-boyfriend intentionally told her the wrong time as she is consistently late to things. This meeting with the publishing house is an offer for Lowen to become co-author to finish a best-selling series by the very popular author Verity Crawford. How many times can I say offer? Author in one <laughs> sentence. Who was unable to finish the series due to being in a disabilitating car accident and is currently in a vegetative state. The family and the publishers are wanting to keep this news secret as the Crawford family has already experienced some tragedy recently with the death of their twin daughters, Harper and Chaston. Turns out the stranger that helped Lowen earlier in the day is Verity's husband, Jeremy Crawford. After some encouragement and advice on the how to counter 
the initial off, you know, the, the initial offer from the publishing house that Jeremy gives her, um, Lowen agrees to a $500,000 publishing deal. Not too shabby. No, especially since she's like struggling financially and like taking care of her dying mother really bled her dry financially. So Lowen heads to the Crawford home in Vermont to spend a few days going through Verity's office to get notes, outlines, and anything else she can find that will help her finish Verity's best-selling series. Once at the Crawford home, Lowen meets Crew, their son, who is a tad bit creepy and rude, but he has experienced a lot of trauma recently, so, you know, Lowen lets it slide, and she also meets the famous Verity. And sees firsthand her vegetative state. Yeah. Jeremy, with help of a caretaker, has been looking after Verity since the car wreck and has her set up in like a home hospital room. Lowen finds how Jeremy's been taking care of his wife very endearing and, you know, starts to become more attracted to him because of it. While going through Verity's office, Lowen stumbles upon an unfinished work of Verity's an autobiography. Lowen begins to read the manuscript thinking it'll help her get a better understanding of Verity to help finish the book series. As she's reading through this, she starts to get intimate details about Verity and Jeremy's relationship and sex life, especially the sex life. And Lowen starts falling for Jeremy harder through Verity's eyes. Plus, it doesn't hurt that his actions in the real world kind of solidify what's being said about him in Verity's writing, especially in like the first portion of the autobiography. When the weekend at the Crawford home is coming to an end, Lowen gets news that she's being evicted from her apartment and has been struggling with bills and such since taking in her mother to help care for her. Because when her mom got cancer, her mom had Lowen get a larger place and stated that when she passed away, there would be money for Lowen and she'd be fine and taken care of. However, when her mom did die, there was no money. Only more debt for Lowen to take on. And Lowen would have taken care of her mother, like even if her mom was honest about her own financial situation. But she kind of lied. Yeah. Manipulated Lowen a little bit. Mm-hmm. Lowen and her mom also had a strained relationship already. Um, as Lowen is a sleepwalker and does creepy things kind of like out of a horror movie when she sleepwalks. So she also likes to be locked in her room. Jeremy learns of Lowen's predicament and invites her to continue to stay at the home until the advance from the book deal goes through, to which Lowen agrees and requests Jeremy put a lock on the bedroom that she's staying in because of the whole sleepwalking yeah. episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The longer Lowen stays in the Crawford home, the stranger things become. She starts hearing noises in the middle of the night. She swears she sees Verity watching her and judging her. Crew gets very distressed and drops nuggets of information that he's speaking to his mom and that she speaks back. And other uneasy feeling things. It's just very creepy vibes. Didn't like it. Very uncomfy. The more Lowen reads the manuscript, the more like strange things are happening and the more ominous just the environment and the vibes are. And it starts to shed a very dark light on Miss Verity. The autobiography, once Verity got pregnant with the twins, recounts how she was not happy about this news. And even more devastated as she felt Jeremy started to love the babies more than her. And like a big thing we learn with the manuscript when she gets pregnant is also the night, like they conceive the night that Jeremy proposes. Mm -hmm. So like Verity has issues separating, like that day was no longer 
known as the day that they got engaged. It was known as the day that they conceived. Yeah. And like just adding on to like the how resentment jealous, for these Yeah. How jealous Verity is about it. And she could no longer bear not being the center of Jeremy's attention and affection. She didn't like it. Not one bit. So Verity's sanity starts to dissolve the further along her pregnancy continues to the point where she attempts a wire hanger abortion on herself. Yeah, that was very uncomfy mm-hmm. to read. Thankfully, this was unsuccessful, but it does result in one of the girls being bored with a scar on her face. This gets explained away by the doctor stating the other twin could have scratched her in the womb, which is common enough. With twins, right? Yeah. As the girls get older, Verity still does not form an attachment with them and is resentful of her daughters until one night she has a dream that one of the girls, Harper, kills Chastin, and this causes Verity to start to care and favor Chastin, but hate Harper. And another kind of thing to mention is that Harper is also autistic. Very high-functioning autistic, like Asperger's. Yeah, so she doesn't show emotions or express emotions the same way that Verity does. Mm-hmm. So like in conversations between Lowen and Jeremy, he even kind of hints that Verity never really formed a connection with either of them, but mainly like Harper. Yeah. And that she just, he was like, Verity just never understood Harper. Harper. And he chalked it up to the autism piece. But then like when Verity actually kind of forms a bond with Chastin, he's like, you only ever talk about Chastin. What the fuck is your problem? Yeah. Or he should have said it that way, to be honest. Meanwhile, back in reality, Lowen is becoming more suspicious of Verity and that she may not be incapacitated like she appears and attempts a few times to prove it, which don't go over very well. Also, Jeremy and Lowen are starting to get closer and they're starting to fall for each other. One day, while Jeremy and Lowen are out shopping, the pair run into some of Verity's friends, one of which is having an affair and treats Jeremy and Lowen like they are the cheaters. But nothing's really happened between them other than like a few like flirty comments. But yeah, nothing physical has like crossed any lines at this point. But I do love that Jeremy calls her out and like, says the the affair's name and then Instead she goes of her my husband. husband's name is this and he goes oh my bad I get them confused I was just like <laughs> savage <laughs> five days into Lowen's stay at the home she hears a scream come from upstairs and finds crew with what he says is Verity's knife and he's cut himself Lowen gives him some first aid and when Jeremy comes in to assist with the situation and get, you know, information as to, like, what the fuck happened. The knife is mysteriously nowhere to be found. And I'm pretty sure Lowen just left it on the ground. Yeah. This makes Jeremy a little suspicious of Lowen, and Lowen starts to, you know, doubt her own sanity even more. Jeremy eventually takes crew out for a family dinner and invites Lowen along. They all joke and actually have a nice evening, which leaves Lowen wanting Jeremy more and has her wanting to read the manuscript more so she can continue to fantasize how Jeremy fucks. Because that is a very big part, even after they have the kids. Mm -hmm. These, like, the manuscript is really focused on, like, their sex life. Yes. And she really, like, talks him up as being, like, this phenomenal lover. Mm -hmm. And so, like, yeah, Lowen's kind of, like, everything else is kind of checking like boxes of oh from what I'm reading to what I'm seeing and so now she's like if that's correct this must be (laughs) and that sounds real nice to her 
Too bad the chapter she reads that night is about how Verity manipulated Jeremy into postpartum sex. Yeah, that wasn't a great read either. No. The next day, Lone and Jeremy head down to the basement to get Cruz's old aquarium so he can have a home for the turtle he found the other day. And the lights creepily get, like, flipped off. And the breaker flipped. That evening, Lowen has a sleepwalking incident and finds herself waking up not only in Verity's room, but in bed with Verity. Oh, my God. That must be so traumatic. Like, <laughs> traumatic. Like, <laughs> like, fuck this. Waking up next to a woman who is literally a vegetable <laughs> in bed, like, not knowing you how you got there or why you ha- are there. No, 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 no. Plus, you're a guest in this person's house, like, yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. After this incident, Lowen has to explain her, her sleepwalking habit, and that's why she wanted a lock on the door. And Jeremy places one not only on the inside, but on the outside of the door, too. So he can, like, lock her in. Yeah. And then unlock it in the morning. Mm-hmm. So Lowen reads another chapter of the manuscript and discovers when the girls were six months old, Verity attempted and failed to kill Harper one night by trying to force her to choke and pass it off as SIDS. That night, Jeremy makes Lowen tacos and Marks, and they watch a meteor shower. When they part ways goodnight, Jeremy confesses Verity never read Lowen's book. It was actually him who read it, and her work means something to him. So he was actually the one that asked specifically for Lowen to be the author and not Verity, which is what she was told. Mm-hmm. When Lowen reads another chapter of the manuscript, she learns that after an argument with Jeremy, Verity lies to him about being pregnant again to get him back into a good mood, then continually seduces him to actually get pregnant, and that is how Crew was conceived. Yikes. Lowen has been staying at the Crawford home for two weeks now, and her published deal advance has still not come in yet. She has done all the research she can for continuing Verity's series, and there's no more work reasons for her to stay. But she has no money and nowhere to go. But her birthday is the following day. Jeremy wants her to stay longer. Why? Who really knows? (laughs) He finds out it's Lowen's birthday and decides to make her a cake. While having some late night cake, Jeremy finally makes a move on Lowen and they start to make out on the couch. Too bad Lowen notices Verity standing at the top of the stairs watching them and totally freaks out. When Jeremy goes to look, she is not there and he chalks his outbursts up to paranoia, stress, and guilt, but does agree to stay most of the night with the shaken-up Lowen in her room. Lowen, after reading the chapter about how Chastin died after Nuts had a sleepover when she was deathly allergic, and Verity being convinced it was Harper who gave Chastin the peanuts, is pissed and tired of feeling crazy. She attempts to confront Verity while she is watching TV, Lowen starts snapping, clapping, making noise in Verity's face when she doesn't make any movement or reactions, she starts taunting her about how vile of a human she is. That still does nothing, but the TV volume has all of a sudden been muted. So Lowen next whispers to Verity that she will be fucking Jeremy tonight, and there's nothing Verity can do about it. So Verity pisses herself. That's kind of funny. Lowen knows Verity is in there somewhere, and she has just shown that she is not afraid of her. After dinner that night, Lowen talks to Jeremy about how he needs to move on, and this confrontation works in her favor as they wind up having sex but jeremy doesn't have a condom and lowen isn't on birth control so they just go with the pull-out method 
After their night of fucking, Jeremy can't get out of the room because it has somehow been locked from the outside. When Lowen reads the next part of Verity's manuscript, it recounts the day that Harper died. Verity took Harper and crew out on their canoe, and she purposefully flipped it. Before tipping the canoe, she tells crew to hold his breath. Verity swims crew to shore, waits, and then goes to attempt to rescue Harper, who can't swim. But Harper got tangled in a net and drowned. Jeremy, who was out getting groceries, makes his way out to actually try to find and save Harper, but sadly, she has died. Jeremy comes into Lowen's room and lets her know that he is having Verity moved into a care facility part-time and that he wants Lowen to stay. Lowen has also been kind of dropping hints that Verity needs to be in like full-time, I don't know, care and that it's like a burden on him and probably and crew. crew. And so he's finally kind of taken her, her advice. advice. So... Lowen agrees, and they have sex again. When Jeremy leaves the room, Lowen does the old wives' tale thing where she's trying to keep his sperm inside of her and is wanting to get pregnant. So she, like, puts her, like, legs above her head and, you know, that whole, if you angle it, it's going to meet your egg faster. I don't, I don't know. Weird. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. No. The following morning, Lowen tries to talk to Crew about his mom and the canoe incident. He tells Lowen that his mom doesn't want him to talk to her. He panics as Lowen starts to interrogate him, and he bites down on a knife. Jeremy has to take Crew to the hospital, get stitches, and requests Lowen stay in the house with Verity, which she 100% does not want to do. At this point, Lowen is like, get me the fuck out of anywhere that Verity is in. Like, yeah. No, thank you. While Lowen is alone in the house, she uses this opportunity to set up an old baby monitor in Verity's room to keep track on her and prove that she can and is moving about the house. She also only has one chapter left in the manuscript to finish. The last chapter states how Jeremy became suspicious of Harper's death and did not think it was an accident. And when he confronted Verity about it, she decided to crash her car into a tree, which is the accident that has caused her vegetative state. When Jeremy and crew return from the hospital, Lowen is in the office and she sees Verity moving on the baby monitor. Lowen absolutely loses her shit and starts shouting, runs up to Verity's room, trying to make Jeremy believe her. Jeremy, thinking Lowen has lost her mind, tells Lowen he wants her out of his home. And finally, Lowen confesses that she can prove Verity is lying and faking and gives Jeremy the manuscript to read. Lowen has packed while Jeremy reads the manuscript and is waiting for him to finish to see if he still wants her gone. Lowen can hear footsteps upstairs in Verity's room. When she goes up there, Jeremy is confronting Verity. He loses his cool and begin, begins strangling Verity, who has finally shown him she has been faking it pretty much the whole time. Yep. Lowen comes up with a better plan to kill Verity, make it look like she choked on her own vomit while sleeping, which she got from the manuscript. So they kill her, and Verity is now dead at the hands of Jeremy, who lost his shit. And with the assist from Lowen. And with the assist from Lowen. I blame them both. Oh, for sure. They're both not innocent. No. Seven months later, Lowen is pregnant. They have moved to North Carolina. The house in Vermont was sold, and they are back to finish packing up when Lowen finds a letter from Verity hidden in the floorboard hiding spot in her room. The letter is a confession stating the manuscript was fake and just a writing assignment to help Verity with writing from a villain's perspective. 
Because that was the whole thing of her books is that they were always the bad guy's point of view. Mm -hmm. That Jeremy previously found a copy of the manuscript, thought it was real, and he was the one to cause Verity's car accident. This rattles Lowen as she doesn't know what to believe. No matter what, Verity manipulated the truth. But what is the truth? The manuscript or the letter? The end. Or is it? (laughs) Or is it? Because there is also a extended yeah so like Colleen Hoover recently released like a collector's edition of this book that gave a bonus chapter and content I have that version you have the original version of the book which is why the plot breakdown is stopping now for now (laughs) so we're gonna go into loves and hates up to this point then Ashton's gonna read the additional content And then we'll come back and decide if anything's changed. Yeah. With my thoughts. But before we go into our love and hates, do you want to discuss our thoughts on which was real? Are you team manuscript or team letter? Yeah. I'm at this point, from that point of the book, I was originally team manuscript. And I am too. Like the letter kind of, it didn't make me think differently enough. Well, another thing that you kind of, obviously it's different when you are actually reading this book versus just like a plot breakdown, a 20 minute plot breakdown. Mm -hmm. But like throughout the whole book, you do kind of see how manipulative Verity is in like the manuscript point of view. I feel like the letter was a manipulation because Verity couldn't find the original manuscript. Yeah. The whole reason Verity played this off was, one, she wanted to take crew away from Jeremy. Mm-hmm. And two, she knew that she needed to get that manuscript back because if she just fled with crew and left that, if someone stumbled upon it, I mean, that's like a smoking gun yeah. for her. But the thing with, like for me with this whole manuscript versus the letter thing, Say we want to believe the letter and that the manuscript was a writing assignment. That's super easy to fact check because according to the letter, the whole writing assignment idea was her publishers. At a meeting. At a specific, like a specific person. Jeremy was there for. Yeah. So, I mean, even if Jeremy is like the bad guy, sure, he could lie about that. But the publisher whose idea it was for this writing assignment, who is still alive in this book, could be like, yeah. I told her to do that. Totally factual. Right. See, the issue that I have with believing Verity's letter over the manuscript is the car crash. How do you fake a car crash like that that puts somebody... Because there was a period of time where Verity was unconscious. Yeah. She wasn't just faking this from the get. No, she was in a coma. But, like, how do you... Like, he would have had to drive the car into the tree himself, and then move Verity's unconscious body into the pass or into the driver's seat. But also you think about like when, based on like watching like Criminal Minds and stuff like that, when people look at a scene like that, they would make notes of, well, this bruise was on this side of her body, which makes no sense of how this car crashed because she would have been in the passenger. Yeah. Like it just like- Because then like, wasn't it- I can't remember. Wasn't there something about how like Jeremy like restrained her? Yes. It's like there would have been ligature marks and yeah. like- burns and stuff. Because she also says that she was like kind of fighting it. Mm. So like you would see marks There'd be defensive wounds and stuff. Right. Which that I don't, I can't really believe. No, and I just, I don't know if it's one of those things where maybe like Colleen didn't like do that much research or that much like thought thought into into it. it. Yeah. I don't know. That was just, that 
So just- and I don't know. I think I, I think that we both talked about that we think that the manuscript was probably heightened. Yeah, it was probably definitely embellished. But I, I do think, I don't know. I feel like the letter was just a way to kind of cover her tracks and manipulate the situation to try to make it seem like she's not really the villain. Right. Because she also never successfully found the manuscript, which we also learn at night she was going through shit in the basement. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was So all searching. those noises that Lone was hearing was Verity like... Searching for the manuscript. Yeah. And like what you say, going back to... It would be so easy to fact check that with the publisher mm-hmm. if that was an actual actual exercise. So why the fuck was Verity freaking out that much over this fake manuscript? Yeah, no, I would have called the publisher and been like, hey, Jeremy found this. It's bad. He's probably going to try to take crew away from me and like try to get me arrested for Harper's death. But then also like, like it was just, I don't know. It just seemed like a whole lot of unnecessary shit. Because obviously Verity is a big character in this, but she actually has a very small actual like physical role because she's yeah. just laying there all the time. <laughs> but like with Jeremy, he also is like talking to Lowen and, you know, he, I don't know if he ever really realizes that she's very like manipulative, but like, I do think that that is true. Yeah. And then also I like, know. if the letter was true in the manuscript, she writes about Harper's death like the same day from when it re- happened in right r- real time from the story. So it's like, I don't see how if the manuscript was fake and like this really was like an accidental drowning and you actually did love and care about your children, how could you, a grieving mother, write something like that? Write about how you're the one that killed her the, the day, day she dies. And also, you have to remember that they asked crew or we learned that she actually did tell crew to hold his breath before that the canoe capsized. Mm-hmm. And so in the letter, she says that it was when they were tipping, she said, hold your breath. Where in the manuscript, it was like she whispers, hold your breath, and then rocks the yeah. canoe. And if that was the case, why wouldn't you shout it so both kids could hear it? Right. And then also like the f- with her being in the vegetative state, like she like ruined crew with like the whole talking to him like yeah that trauma is really going to tie over into his like adult life for sure oh you're about to read some of that in in the in the bonus stuff all right so as of right now i'm definitely team manuscript being the more factual of the two but that could change once we go through these loves and hates and i read the remaining chapter Mm -hmm. of the extended version so alex Let's just jump into some of our loves, shall we? Do you want to end with loves? Because I have a whole lot more hates. Yeah. Yeah, we can do hate first this time. (laughs) Try to end on a bit of a positive note. Okay. I have more hates too, so. So I don't know about you, but I hated the opening of the book. Oh, it was terrible. Like, it was just so much for no reason. Dude's head didn't need to be crushed. And because it was, like, more than just blood would have been on Lowen's shirt. Like, brain matter, for instance. And there's no way, like... She would have just been able to like walk away from the scene to go clean up. No. And I just like didn't like how long it was like just talked about. Yeah. It was just seemed very overly dramatic for no reason. Now, can I believe that like a pedestrian gets hit and killed by a car for sure in New York City? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But the ex- like the extreme situation in which this happened, a lot less likely. Yeah. One thing that I do hate, and this is 
maybe kind of talking about all of Colleen Hoover's work is the lack of trigger and content warnings. Mm-hmm. Because don't get me wrong, like I am a fan of dark romances. I read a lot of dark romances and I don't read trigger and content warning. But this book dealt with a lot of shit that I was like, what the hell? Like I had no idea going in mm-hmm. that it was going to cover these things. And I just think that like the death of a child is huge. Like that abortion scene. The like postpartum. People, yeah, people need trigger warnings. And I just don't really like how she just does not believe in them because she thinks that they're considered spoilers. spoilers. But I'm like, I am a person who does not read them, but I still appreciate that they're given. Yeah. You as a reader could skip over it. But yeah, like, I you... think it's the responsibility of the author. If you're touching on triggering controversial stuff. and triggering content, you need to warn your audience. And it blows my mind that people haven't come for her because people come for a bunch of other authors who actually provide trigger and content warnings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't understand, like, the hypocrisy of that. Yeah, I don't either. And I don't think trigger and content warnings are spoilers because, like, sure, you may list, like, that these things are in the book, but it's not like providing the list tells you when or it's how, go- or how yeah. it ties into everything. It doesn't give you details. It just no. gives you a heads up if you're a sensitive reader mm-hmm. that you can be like, okay, maybe I'm not – this isn't the book for me. Because I will say that, Verity, if, if I didn't like – triggering things if if I was thinking that this was going to be more of just like a psychological thriller that doesn't have any content warnings I would have been kind of like whoa yeah this is a lot and a lot of her lighter books I've only read one other but don't they all kind of include they all include triggering things like normal triggering things like yeah like kind of uh, things that a lot of everyday people experience right Because, like, I keep going back to the books, like, Haunting and Hunting Adeline, where, like, that book is extremely dark. It involves, like, sex trafficking, like, slavery, essentially. But H.D. Carlton gives trigger warnings Mm -hmm. versus something like Colleen Hoover. How many people in this world have been part of the sex trade versus losing a child? And, I mean, don't get me wrong. You can't really compare the two. They're both awful things. Yeah, they're both horrible. But it's kind of like, what's going to be more triggering to a reader? Something that is happens to a very small amount of the population, not saying that it's not bad, versus something that a lot of people... That affects more people. Or even if, like, you know, losing a child hasn't happened to you, the chances of knowing someone who has lost a child... Or the chances of you actually losing a child are more... Are greater. Right. Yeah. So, like, that just kind of rubs me the wrong way. I I don't like that. Same. Sorry, TED Talk, over. (laughs) (laughs) And if you don't want to publish the list in your book, at least have it on your website. Have it somewhere that people can access. And she doesn't have it anywhere. No. I don't like that. Mm -mm. So I hated how long Lowen stayed at the Crawford home and how long it took her to read the manuscript. Like, I'm sorry, my ass would have been out of that house. Bro, I would have never set that manuscript fucking down no. if I started reading it. Once I started reading it... I would have binged that whole fucking thing. It would not have taken me, like, two weeks Like, to how it. could she just... And I understand that it's probably one of those, like, shock things where it's like, I just need to stay, take a step back. But she would go days mm-hmm. between reading one chapter and the next. And I'm just like, what are you doing? No, once, <laughs> like, the manipulation and, like, the dark stuff started to, like, hit, I would have been like... Oh, fuck. I need to know what the hell I'm into. (laughs) Where am I staying? Who are these people? What the fuck have I gotten myself into? Is this worth the check? Right. (laughs) And it would have been a hard no, and I would have been gone. Yeah. 
And I would have given the manuscript to Jeremy. It would have been like, your wife's psycho. I'm outie. Yep. Thanks for the opportunity, but um, I'm going to take my chances. Somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather be homeless and evicted than living in this house. So I think that like all of the characters were pretty shitty. Like Lowen and Verity and kind of Jeremy. I think that you say that Jeremy gets worse in the like extended portion. Yeah. I, I, I want to revisit that statement but, after you read the bonus content. Okay. But, like, I just was so annoyed with Lowen because she was very whiny and, like, woe is me. And I was just not feeling it. She just, ugh. And it's all in her point of view besides the manuscript point of view. So it's, like, mm-hmm. you get chapters where you're actually reading the manuscript like she's reading it. But I'm just, like, Lowen, ugh. Like, I'm over you. Yeah. And I don't understand what drew Jeremy to her. Me either. <laughs> I'm a little lost on that, but. And also, she hated pizza. Yeah. Straight to jail. Straight to jail. No, get out of jail free card. Yeah, out of here. I don't trust you. (laughs) I hated the sleepwalking thing. I felt that was unnecessary. I feel like it was just kind of thrown in to like add some like maybe shock value or just like some plot about her background. I don't know. And just, it could have been left out and we still would have gotten the same. Just as creeped out with, you know, not so comatose Verity stalking around in the night and being creepy and shitty. Yeah. So I don't know how other people feel about this, but for me personally, I hated, hated how Colleen Hoover left this novel and not knowing the truth. Is it the memoir or is it the letter? I personally think it's kind of a cop out when writers, directors, whatever, leave the audience with a kind of like, it's up to your kind of interpretation. No. Tell you me. wrote this fucking book. Tell me what the ending is. Because right now, I kind of think that Colleen either was worried about the backlash of having a very decisive ending, mm-hmm. or she didn't even really know. And I don't like that. Because let me tell you, I've been thinking about this book a lot since I've read it, and it still is driving me crazy. I am not the type of person that appreciates (laughs) leaving it on a question mark. I want to know. You want closure. I want closure because I'm psycho and I'm just never going to not stop. Maybe that's Colleen's whole, she's like, maybe if people just can never stop thinking about my book, whether they like it or love it, it's a win for me. I don't know. (laughs) But I'm not here for it. I'm sorry. These hates, I'm very passionate. I love it. I love, I love this side of you. You're getting feisty. I know. But I don't. I think it's a cop-out, didn't appreciate it, and it pisses me off. I think it's to get the whole buzz and then, you know, freaking all of Bookstagram, BookTok, BookTube. It's all the whole, are you team manuscript or team letter? I don't don't care about that. I want you to tell me what the fuck is up. (laughs) I don't want it to be up to me. But it's like smart and then becomes free marketing, so then it gets people to read the book like we have and then have discussions like this to figure it out. I don't, I agree. I don't like it. Tell me the fucking end. Yeah, it rubs me the wrong way. I just think it's kind of lazy. Sorry. Not sorry. Fair. (laughs) Fair assessment. So I hated all the sex in this book. Like the manuscript and Lowen and Jeremy? It was all manipulative. Every single sexual encounter between the, you know, reminiscing from the manuscript to Lowen and Jeremy actually doing it in real life, all manipulation. Fuck that. Yeah, and it wasn't like, we're not even having a sex talk about this book because it's not even worth it. And there's one sex scene that like literally gave me the ick. And what was that? It's in the bonus. 
chapter. Oh gosh. Okay. So we'll circle back to that. It it was funny going back to like kind of do a summary of it and like re-skimming through that gave me the ick again. <laughs> and it's like, I knew that happened. Yikes. And then my last hate that I have is I kind of hate that Loan and Jeremy end up together and that she gets pregnant really quickly because not only does Loan get pregnant really quickly, both times Jeremy has unprotected unprotected sex with uh, Verity. Verity like once and she gets pregnant and then she's able to get pregnant within a two week time frame of when she lies about conceiving crew. And I'm just like, one, super unrealistic. That does not happen. Like, is this guy magical sperm? Like, does he have magical sperm? Apparently. Or are these girls just like super fertile and he's just hitting the jackpot? I don't know. He's got the magic stick. <laughs> Whatever it is, <laughs> I was just kind of like, eh. Like in that first kind of flash forward um, where it's seven months later when they're going back to the house in Vermont. Mm -hmm. And she's when it was revealed that she's pregnant, I was just like, I'm done with this book. Like, are you kidding? Hitting me. Thankfully, you only had like a couple pages. Left I know, at that I know. Point. But I was just like, yeah, this is really just pushing me. Like, and I just like, I never liked Lowen. No. So I'm kind of like, and now they're like bonded over murder and like, I don't know. It's just a mess. It is. So I have a love hate and then the rest are loves. Okay. I have a love hate with how I wound up hating all the main characters. How hate Verity, hate Lowen. I wind up hating Jeremy from the bonus stuff. But I also wonder if that was kind of intentional for this book to not have anybody who is likable. I could see that. But my problem with it, I think Colleen intended for you to kind of at least root for Jeremy and maybe Lowen. I don't know. But it's like I prefer having intentionally bad characters. Like I can love a, a villain and a bad character. Right. If they are written for you to intentionally not like them, but this is kind of I can like get gray. on board with. Yeah, you don't really know like what Colleen, but was not even wanting. in an enjoyable like morally because there's no morally gray. They just fucking suck. But I feel like you're supposed to kind of root for them at different points, and I'm kind of like I don't give I a fuck about that. any of them. Yeah, I never was rooting for anyone in this book. No. I was honestly rooting for crew to make it out of this <laughs> fucked up situation. Like, poor five-year-old kid. Like, yeah, I just think all of their personalities were kind of like underdeveloped where I could never really find some sort of redemption for them. And I'm also okay with like going from loving and hating a character. I was just kind of like, meh. The whole time. On all of them. Yeah. Oh, same. Which, which going into my first love is that I was actually very intrigued by where this story was going. It was really hard to put down when I was reading it because I really wanted to know what the fuck was going on. Same. So, like, that was really captivating, like, the plot and the story itself because I was like, I need to know if Verity's awake. I need to know this manuscript bullshit. And I, I really did. I read it on vacation, and I had a hard time putting it down when I had to actually, like, go out and do stuff. But it's weird that I still didn't ever really like the characters, mm -hmm. but I did actually enjoy the story. I wonder if part of that, like, not being able to put it down is, like, waiting for you to, like, enjoy some of it <laughs> and enjoy some of them. Right. Like, I kind of was hoping that I was, like, you know, as I was reading, I was kind of, like, at some point I'm going to flip and, like, someone over the other, and it never happened. Yeah. It never really came. Because... First of all, Verity is a crazy bitch, obviously. And then Lowen is just, woe is me, 
don't fuck with that. And then, like, Jeremy, I mean, he did cheat on his wife, who was literally upstairs yeah. in a vegetative state. But then it, she wasn't really in a, vegetati- a vegetative state, so he definitely cheated. Yeah, right in front of her, because she saw them kissing on the couch on one night. <laughs> and then they fuck. And they fuck, yeah. So, yeah, they all are terrible. Yeah, they all suck. I loved, and this is kind of like an ironic love, but it was something I did find enjoyable, how Lowen got mad at her agent and ex-boyfriend for falling in love with her through her work, but then she winds up doing the same thing to Jeremy because she basically falls in love with him through Verity's work. A little hypocritical. Yeah. but So it's kind of like a love and hate for you? I mean, I kind of liked that like ironic, you know, hypocritical twist a bit. It was something I did enjoy. Interesting. Yeah, because no, definitely. She makes a comment that the reason why the relationship failed with her publisher or whatever, ma- uh, manager or whatever he was, was because he had these he expectations had these expectations from her writing of who she should be, and mm-hmm. she was not that, and it kind of fizzled, where, I mean, she was kind of doing the same thing to Jeremy. But I think the saving grace with that is that she was able to see a lot of the actual... Similarities. Yeah, and truth behind it in his actions and who he was. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. TBD? Until, <laughs> until the bonus content. God damn it. <laughs> All right. Yeah, until the bonus content. I did really like that the two main female leads were writers. Yeah. Like, I do like that this book was focused around writers. I thought that was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. It's a book within a book. Yeah. I loved how this book did make me feel creeped out. Like, I, it did elicit strong feelings from me. A lot of them were negative, but I don't mind feeling negative. Especially if that's what you're supposed to be feeling. Yeah, if that's the intention. Right. Like and was, I do think that that's the intention with this yeah. book. If it's supposed to be a happy sunshine romance, I don't want to feel negative about that. But like right. with this like thriller, you're supposed to be... Creeped out and... Uncomfy. Yeah. And you know what? Job well done on that. So I really enjoyed the dual POV being the memoir of Verities and then obviously Lowen's actual... In, in reality, yeah, real time. Yeah, however I, you want to say yeah, it. I don't know. But I do like how you, you got two different voices... And I kind of liked actually reading the memoir. Yeah. Almost as if like I'm reading what Lowen is reading and what Verity has written. Because the memoir was fucked up. I mean, like we went into some detail, but like reading that shit, I was like, oh my God. Verity sucks. Even if that was a writing exercise, I would be... It would have been Terrified. one of those burn after reading, I mean, burn after writing things for me. Yeah, you should not have printed that out. No. You should not have had it in your desk. Like, what were you thinking on that front? Immediately destroy after writing. Control, alt, delete. <laughs> <laughs> Something I wanted plot wise with this. I feel like we could have gotten rid of like the opening scene and the sleepwalking stuff and insert. I wanted Verity's nurse, April, who didn't like Lowen very much to be in on to it. be in cahoots with Verity that would have been really good because we didn't mention April in the plot breakdown no but she was like the at home nurse yeah the day nurse the day nurse and she did not fuck with Lowen no and she kind of saw right through like her and Jeremy's mm-hmm. friendship or whatever and that's kind of where I thought it was going because I like she saw too. like the flirtiness between the two of them and, and she just, was like, very protective of, of Verity. Verity so yeah. it kind of made me wonder if there was something else, but then it just wasn't. Like, I felt like that could have brought more to this book and made it a bit more enjoyable and a little bit more believable, too. I feel that, too. 
I think that would have been better. My last love. Verity is a different type of book than I'm used to reading. And it's always good to kind of shake it up and read stuff that you don't normally read. So like I was telling you earlier, Alex, that like the books that I read are more focused on like the dark romance. And then they obviously have big plot things where you're taken on a ride. You don't really know what's going on until the author reveals things. But I don't really read like full out like psychological thrillers because like Mm -hmm. the romance in this book was very like B or C role. Yeah. Versus like the plot I feel like was the main focus point. This mystery of like Verity and like what the fuck is going on in this house. And normally I don't read books like this. So I think that it is a good thing that I'm, you know, I read things that I don't normally read. So I will give it that. This definitely isn't a type of book that genre based that I would choose for myself, but I am glad we read it and did it for the pod. Same. Yeah. Though I I, I do enjoy this genre. Yeah. You do like a thriller. I do. Yeah. This particular book is not my favorite thriller. So I guess it's time for you to read the bonus content. Yeah. We're going to pause on this recording and pick it back up once I have read the extended version. (laughs) I'm so excited to see Uh. like your reaction. God, I'm not looking forward to this. <laughs> you thought you were done with the book, but no. Uh. All right. And we're back. Ashen has just read the bonus content. I'm going to let that soak in with her for a little bit. But here's like a recap of what happens in the bonus content for those who have not read the like extended edition of the book. Six months after the whole letter finding shit, uh, Lowen's baby is born. She's had a daughter named Nova. Verity is still very much in Lowen's head and causes Lowen a lot of insecurities. And she's constantly comparing her relationship, especially the sexual side, to that that Jeremy had with Verity. Lowen, Jeremy, Crew, and Nova go to the beach and they run into Patricia, who was the friend that they ran into. At the grocery store. Yep. And that was having the affair. Yeah, Jeremy called out. Mm -hmm. Jeremy winds up killing her by drowning her. Because she recognizes them. Yep. And they have the baby. And, like, you can tell that things are clicking. Mm Mm-hmm. So since she's seen the baby and, you know, put it all together, Loan got pregnant, you know, while Jeremy was still married to Verity. And she could go back and tell everyone or whatever. And he just wasn't going to let that happen. And when they are back at home, Jeremy and Loan take a shower together. They have sex. Very intense for literally just drowning a woman. Yeah. And then her kind of being an accomplice. Yeah. Well, she's already been an accomplice to him murdering before, so whatevs. And when Loan is done, she goes to check on the baby and finds that she's not in her crib and starts to panic. Turns out Crew, who couldn't stand to hear his sister cry, put her outside. At night. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like it's winter in North Carolina. So not super cold, but cold. Like a- Yeah. Baby shouldn't just be laying outside on the ground. Thankfully, she's unharmed, but Loan is freaked out and has lost all trust she ever had in crew. Not that she had a whole lot to begin with. And, you know, she's now terrified of and for her life. And, like, what the fuck have I done? Yeah, because now she's kind of like... The, the part that got me was when she was having an internal monologue being like, before they had sex in the shower... That was, like, very passionate, very different from, like, the types of sex that they've had up to this point. Mm -hmm. In her mind, she was saying, like, he can't get bored of me because if he does, I know too much. Like, it's not just going to be he'll let me go on my way. It's, like, 
he'll probably kill her because he she knows too much too much and then she's also having that internal struggle of being like she needs to leave but like she does love jeremy Mm -hmm. and like she doesn't really want to leave him but like she understands that it's potentially dangerous to stay with him i have some thoughts i'd love to hear them my my main thought while reading this extended epilogue obviously surrounds the killing of Patricia. Why was that necessary? People have affairs all the time. And everyone knew Verity was literally a vegetable. No one knew the truth but Lowen and Jeremy. Mm-hmm. So, like, yes, you could have some speculation. But like Lowen was, like, thinking about, there would be zero proof. They cremated Verity. Yeah. So there's no, there's, it's, yeah, I mean, no one's going to want these rumors circling that they killed someone. Yeah, but also, like, Patricia was having an affair for, so, like, who is she? To judge. To yeah. judge. And even if she does go back and say shit, they don't live there anymore. Yeah, like, who cares? They don't keep in contact with anyone. Yeah, it's kind of like people cheat and end up with the person they cheat with all, all the, the time. time. And, like, yes, Verity died, but she was already on her deathbed to everyone else. So it's like, well, Patricia didn't know. Remember, her friends didn't know about like the extent of things. True, because they kind of kept that low key. They didn't ever release the fact that she was like Mm -hmm. a vegetable. Yeah, but still, like when she died, it could have all come out. I can't remember if it did or not. But like after she died, everything could have been released. And being like Verity died, she had really extensive injuries where she had never recovered from, and it's just like. Right. Yeah. I'm 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 sure that's what would happen in real life. Yeah. But like I just think that Jeremy kind of going off the deep end and like drowning Patricia was just like so out of left field. Like I'm like where is this coming from because that Jeremy, these are two different people. Jer- yeah, but maybe the fact that when he killed Verity that kind of altered him. Possibly. I just think it was to make you hate him. And also to maybe make you doubt the manuscript a little bit more and give the letter a little bit more. But even in the letter, Verity never attacked Jeremy's person. Like, she never, at least what I I remember, she never, like, attacked him for being awful or, like, you know, obviously him tying her up and putting her in the car crash or whatever. I still don't think that that is something possible that you could do in that sense and have it come off as she was driving. I just still don't find that believable, but maybe that's Colleen's thought too, is like he literally killed this lady in cold blood. Like he could have easily hurt Verity the first time. Yeah. I'm still, if you were to make me pick manuscript or letter, I'm still going to pick manuscript. After this bonus thing, I was, I'm going to give a third option because this is where I actually reside. I'm team everybody fucking sucks. Well, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't give a fuck what the truth is. Everyone sucks. And you know what? Jeremy and Lowen, go be your fucked up happy selves together. I don't care about you. But also with this epilogue, woe is me. Like, I think I got maybe three pages in. And I think I turned to you. And I was like, I can't deal with this bitch. Because in it, she's like still compa- comparing herself to Verity. She's obsessed every with Every turn. Because Verity was like, described as being just like very beautiful, great body, like kept in shape, X, Y, Z. And like, you know, Lowen has just given birth. 
it's taking her a while to lose the weight. So she's constantly comparing her body to Verity. She's comparing her writing to Verity because she's still working on the books. She's comparing her sex life to what she read from Verity's manuscript, which I think Verity was always obsessed with Jeremy. I think that was accurate. I think that yeah, she- even in the letter, she's like, Jeremy, I love you. Right. She's like, I still love you, which crazy. But I do think that maybe- when it comes to sex and when you're like really obsessed with somebody, you're going to think that sex is maybe better than what it actually is. Mm -hmm. And you're going to like hype it up because like in the moment you feel like this is like the best and how you interpret it. But then the sex in the shower, I kind of was like, oh, maybe their sex lives were very different. Not that one is better than the other, but like Lowen was so in her head. Yeah. About everything. It was really annoying. It, and it was worse in the bonus. Yeah. Like, I felt a little bit more sympathy for Lowen, but eh. Yeah. Like, just, just. But no, this epilogue hair. definitely makes me think that Jeremy is a bad guy now, just in general. Because, like, in the original book, before the epilogue, something that we didn't really touch on, Jeremy was and seemed like a fantastic father. Like, he seemed like he loved his kids and would do anything for his kids. And, like, that's what came across in the book that, like, yeah, he had this moment of rage against Verity because he found out that she potentially killed one of their daughters and wanted to end it, not saying that that is the right move to make. But then you, like, see that he just completely takes a person out and, like, drowning someone. That's very, I mean, that's stuff, like, He's suffocating someone. I mean, mm -hmm. it's right up his alley. But I don't know. I don't know what the fuck this book is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I know something that I love is you had your mom read it. Yeah, I had my mom read this and book. And she gave us some, some comments and stuff about what she thought. So thoughts from my lovely mother, Wendy. Yeah, what did Wendy have to say? Uh, Wendy did not like this book. At all. At all. <laughs> this was... Well, she said it wasn't in it's her not, wheelhouse. Yeah, it's not her preferred book. genre reading. And she didn't like it. Fair enough. Um, she more so believes the manuscript. And she thinks Crew is going to wind up being a serial killer. Yeah, after that epilogue, I could definitely see it. So she feels bad for Crew. Yeah. And then she doesn't think it was necessary for Jeremy to kill Patricia. No, I don't either. I'm with her there. And also a weird thing... Is like, you know, now Lowen has stepped into this role as being a stepmother figure. Mm -hmm. And so she's kind of still navigating the waters with crew. It's been like less than a year since Verity died. But like, it's weird that she feels like she can't talk to Jeremy about like her concerns because he kind of like has brushed them off. And like, you know, there's instances where like crew says things to um, Lowen and it rubs her the wrong way. It's kind of like, a six-year-old should not be saying, saying stuff or things. doing things like this. Yeah. But then every time she goes to Jeremy, he's kind of just like, oh, it's fine, blah, blah, blah. And, like, Lowen was always a big believer that crew needed to go to, like, therapy mm -hmm. and, like, talk about his Work issues. his and, traumas. Like, yeah. And it's just weird that Jeremy is, like, so against it and thinks that crew is totally fine. And that kid is totally not fine. He's not fine at all. And especially learning that Verity was talking to crew and, like, fucking with him that way, even if it wasn't purposefully fucking with him. But, like, as a five, six-year-old, 
that shit's a lot. Yeah, and he can't that, understand what's going on. And the fact that Jeremy's still kind of like, oh, it's fine. I'm like, okay, that's not being a good father. No. And then also, now that Lowen has like absolutely no trust in crew, is she going to start kind of being like neglectful and potentially abusive to him and kind of have that whole spiral like Verity did from her man, if the manuscript is true with the whole like Harper and Chastin thing and be like, oh, crew's going to try to kill Nova. Like this whole cycle of is she gonna try shit. to take crew out? Like, yeah, I could see um, their relationship just falling apart. I could see that this they could get over the Verity thing, but I think that this Patricia killing is r- really gonna fuck with Lowen. From that reading the book and kind of seeing into her mind about the whole thing, she's losing it now. Mm-hmm. Like she's gonna be a little bit batshit crazy. I think. Like, who wouldn't be? That's He literally drowned Patricia when they were on a family beach outing. Yeah. And he's like, go to the car. And it's like, you know what the fuck he's going to do. I know. But also, like, they live in North Carolina. They don't live in Vermont. Like, I just don't under... Like, it wasn't necessary. Who gives a fuck if Patricia starts running her mouth? She probably did when they left initially. But also, what are the freaking odds that Patricia would have a beach house in North Carolina, but not even that. Like on in the, the same exact area. Yeah. That's that's just, I mean, fiction for you. All right. I want to get to some like fun things now. So can we jump into our casting for Verity? Yeah. Woohoo. So for this episode, we kept it really basic. We're doing Lowen, we're doing uh Verity, and we're doing Jeremy. Mm-hmm. So do you want to start us off with your Lowen? So my Lowen. I've cast Daisy Edgar Jones from Fresh and Normal People and then the newer movie Where the Crawdads Yes. That's a good that's a good choice. I like her as an actress. I went with Alexis Bledel. That's another good choice. So I feel like both of those actresses are very aesthetically similar. Mm-hmm. And like I picture Lowen being not like mousy, but like mousy. <laughs> like, you know, like quiet loner and I feel like both of those actresses can pull that off for sure so who did you cast as your Verity for Verity I went with Brittany Snow oh I love Brittany Snow as an actress and she's done some thrillery roles like prom night Mm -hmm. yeah so I went with a controversial casting choice two in a row Two in a row, baby. I feel like this season is going to be my controversial <laughs> casting, and I'm just going to go out of my way to cast really bad people. Oh my! God. Just because I can. I don't know who it is, but I'm I. I have an idea of who you picked. Okay, just by you saying that. So my verity, I went with Amber Heard. That's what <laughs> I was thinking. <laughs> but honestly, Amber Heard's aesthetic. I feel like does actually match up to Verity. Well, you know what? And Real life. kind of a sociopath, psychopath? Real life, Maybe. she's kind of a Verity. Yeah. A little bit. Making shit up, being toxic and psycho. I thought it was a very fitting casting. Controversial, I know, but I don't care. Amber Heard. It works. I don't like Verity. I don't care for Amber Heard, so you know what? There we go. There we go. And last but not least, our leading man, <laughs> Jeremy. Who did you cast? I cast Mikeyel Hoosman from Game of Thrones. He played like the hunky like bodyguard of Danny. Like, you know. Yes. It started with like a D or something. Dario. 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 Something, something like, like that. that. 
Ooh, that's a good casting. Mm. I kind of similar vibes. I went with Orlando Bloom Ooh. as my Jeremy. That's a good one. Yeah. So make sure if you want to see these visuals, head over to our Instagram, Emotions and Potions Pod, or our TikTok, Emotions and Potions Pod. Also, head over to our Spotify, Emotions and Potions Pod, where you can see the full playlist. Because now we're going into our song choices. And you know what? I love our playlist for this. I know we say that every time, but um, I love this playlist a whole lot more than I liked the book. Yeah, our playlist is bomb.com. Me too. I mean, I liked it more than the book. <laughs> yeah. So my overall book theme song is Who Are You Really by Mickey Echo. Who's Great anyone one in really the- <laughs> in this book? In life, in this book, I've doubted my sanity. Can I have another mind eraser shot, please? Right? <laughs> now I understand why you Thank chose you. that potion. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. My song choice for overall book theme song is Come As You Are by Nirvana. That's a good one, too. And Nirvana is just mm-hmm. so good. <laughs> so this is kind of like a duel. So this is Verity's song from Jeremy's point of view, which is Dumb For You by Hoodie Allen. And then kind mm-hmm. of going off of that, um, another Verity song from both Lowen and Jeremy's point of view is Sociopath by Stay Loose featuring Bryce Fox. Both great picks. Very accurate. Yeah. <laughs> so I have a song for the night that Jeremy and Verity met. Ooh, okay. I'm a sucker for a liar in a red dress. <gasps> yes. By Adam Jensen. Yes. Because she was wearing a red dress and he was a sucker. And she's a liar. And she is a liar. (laughs) (laughs) Check, check, and check. My next category is Verity's Obsession with Jeremy, which is Your Love is My Drug by Kesha. Yep. 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 So my next one is a song for Verity Stalking the House and Lowen. Ooh, okay. Somebody's Watching Me by Rockwell. (gasps) Yeah, somebody is watching you, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. I like that. Next category, Verity, Lowen, and Jeremy's theme song of the book. Let's Kill Tonight by Panic at the Disco. Yep. Because Verity, if she did kill Harper, and then obviously Jeremy and Lowen both killed Verity. So just a lot of killing. Let's kill A lot tonight. of killing. My next one is the Manuscript versus Letter song. Ooh. Okay. I have questions by Camila Cabello. Yes. I actually listened listened to that song today on the playlist, and I was like, oh, this is hitting for this playlist. (laughs) Right? Yes. My next category, the house's theme song. Because something that we didn't really touch on is Lowen's dis... Like, she hates the house that she's been staying in. Like, Mm -hmm. it's creepy. It's old. It's like this huge mansion. And it, like, throughout the book keeps getting mentioned about how much she did not want to be in that house. In the house. So the house's theme song is Fun House by Pink. And it's like that transition that it used to be like a good, happy place. And now it is just like a evil. nightmare evil. Yeah. So I have a song. Um, I guess it's kind of for, for Jeremy. Um, Jeremy and the fact that he loves himself some authors. And that is Writer in the Dark by Lord. Good one. Love that. And he does. He has a, he has a hard on for some authors, man. <laughs> the next category is just like all the death specifically like the daughters and that's death in my pocket by machine gun kelly 
Yeah. It's a little depressing song, but I felt like it fit this book real well. It does. So my last song, I think you picked this one earlier, and it's my song for the Crawford home, kind of like all of them mm-hmm. collectively. Who Are You Really by Mickey Echo. Yep. And there's three lines. So Lowen's line is, you are a stranger here and why have you come? Okay. Jeremy's line is, now you say you're moving on and you say you're alone. Ooh, okay. And Verity's line is, who are you really and where are you going? Okay, yeah. I like that. So I have two more categories. I know that was your last one. Sorry, I went a little ham. Next category. Lowen's song about stealing Jeremy from Verity. And that's New Bitch by Iggy Azalea. Yeah. And like, that song is actually really like, I was like, oh, damn. It's really bad. Like, I'm his new bitch. What are you going to fucking do about yeah, it? Yeah, right? And my last category is when Verity realizes Lowen is stealing her mans. And that is Are You Happy Now by Michelle Branch. So, also a good pick. Solid pick. So if you want to listen to the complete extended playlist, head over to Emotions and Potions Pod, and it'll be labeled Verity. Mm-hmm. And I think the playlist is better than the book. I do too. <laughs> Not to toot our own horns. No, we need to toot our <laughs> horns on this one because we redeemed this damn book with the playlist. All right. Are we ready to give some rankings, ratings? Yes. So what was your overall rating of this book? I'm going to give it a six. Okay. So maybe I a six point five. I had a range six point five seven ish. Yeah. Out of ten. That's fair. Cause it was a decent book. It was well written. It did intrigue like it did keep me I was entertained. Yeah. I'm glad I read it. Um, I think I can officially say I'm done with Colleen Hoover though. Yeah, I this is the only Colleen Hoover book I've read. And as of right now, I really have no interest of reading anything else from her because I've read this and then I've read ugly love yeah and I just yeah I think that there's I'm good there's better things out there for me yeah but if you like Colleen Hoover good for you that's awesome she's a good writer I mean she has a lot of books she has a lot of books she has a lot of fans you know I respect the fact that she is successful in her craft yeah I'm not saying that I could write better no not at all I'm just saying that this just isn't my jam yeah so don't come at us, you little, what are they, co-hos? Co-hos, cohorts. Co-hos. And then what did you give the spice rating? 2.5. I gave it a 2. That epilogue would bump it up to a 2.5, I think. Because that last sex scene, yeah, I think definitely kind of gave it a little bit more spice than previous. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, but very, very light. Very B-roll, like. It's not the main focus of this book. Yeah. And I just, I didn't like it. I didn't like the sex in it. No, me neither. Especially that freaking scene in the bonus thing where about the breast milk. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We didn't even talk about that. Gross. Okay. So that was our take on Colleen Hoover's Verity. And I guess the last thing that we really have to do is a love or a hate letter. It's a hate for me. Yeah. I would say a soft hate. But I hate nonetheless. It's just not my vibe of a book. But I would recommend it to somebody who likes this type of thing. Yeah, and who doesn't want... See, I would recommend this to, like, if I had a friend or if my mom, like, asked for a recommendation, this is a book that I would... It's a safe recommendation-ish. 
I mean, I've seen a lot of reviews about like this being people's like favorite book of the year and favorite book of all time. And I'm like, what the fuck? Of all time? Are you? Okay, never mind. I'm not going to say anything. I mean, there's also people who think Colleen Hoover, that think Colleen Hoover's writing is like very spicy. Oh. And smutty. And I'm like, meh. Y'all haven't read anything. If you think that this is like spicy, spicy. I could see if like this is your introduction into like reading. Well, I also do think that Colleen Hoover is more of a light romance author. Yeah, but, you know, if this is the... She does write explicit sex scenes. Like, you know, it's not closed door. You are getting a fully written, flushed but out... But I've read sex scenes that last three chapters. Yeah. In different point of views. But, you know, if that's and people's I, you know, first time reading a, you know, explicitly written sex scene, I could see how you'd be like, oh, yeah, that's the spiciest thing I read. And it's like, okay, yes. Right. That's fair. And, and do what makes you feel comfortable. Yeah. Do I'm what not, makes you happy. I'm not shitting on anyone. <laughs> you can read whatever you want to read and enjoy whatever you like to enjoy. But I'm telling you, I like darker things and smuttier things and... Not yuck in your yum, but this just yeah. is not my yum. No. But... You got to start somewhere. Yeah. Exactly. And I guess Colleen Hoover is probably a good starting point for people into romance. Maybe not Verity, but no. some of her other stuff, I'm sure, is a little bit lighter. It is and it's not because all she of She always touches on themes that are... Yeah, because from, like, videos and, like, synopsises and, like, I listen to a lot of book podcasts, so I've, I've gotten, like, in-depth reviews on a bunch of her other books. I'd say majority of them deal with a lot of heavy stuff. Like, a lot of them have a lot of content Lost, about right? abuse. right. But no trigger and content warnings, but it's fine. <clears throat> no, it's not. <laughs> uh, put trigger and content warnings on at least your website. But okay, Alex, I think we've covered really all that there is to cover <laughs> about <laughs> Verity. <laughs> and make sure you like, subscribe, follow us, Emotions and Potions Pod. We're all over the internet if you just Google that. And let us know if you want us to read anything. Except specific. another Colleen Hoover book. Yeah, I will say that uh, if you recommend another Colleen Hoover book, I am vetoing that. This is a dictatorship. <laughs> <laughs> and I am putting my foot down. <laughs> but on that note, <laughs> until next time. I'm Alex. And I'm Ashton. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.